gentlemen, <laughs> it's Sunday, one o'clock Pacific time, and you know what time that is. That's the positivity posse invasion, you dig? Every Saturday and Sunday, we come at you uh, one o'clock um, uh, or three o'clock, or sometimes we hit you back to back at one o'clock and three o'clock. On, and as you see, I'm looking to my right, so you know I'm starting my watch party, and I invite all of you all that were able to do that to do the same thing, because we just want to share this message of positivity that we, um, myself and our co-producers, my brother Christopher Brooks and my sister Julie McKnight and our baby girl Wendy Vaughn, we put it together for you to be able to to, 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 to just give you a sense of and a reminder that all the negativity that's going on in the world right now, uh, negativity is nothing different. Negativity's been, it's part of life, you know, as we always say. And we know that part of life also has that balance. Some say the yin and yang of it, the, the, the up and down of it, that measurement, you know, that also there's positivity. And we can't forget that positivity in my opinion, is a lot more stronger than negativity if we give that power to that positivity, you know? We're not negating the, the two viruses that are going on right now and uh, the importance of paying attention day to day of what that's about. Uh, you know, I always say that there's two viruses, you know? There's first that coronavirus that kind of put us on pause, you dig? That put us in a, in a part of our life for each and every one of us that we had to step back for a minute, you know? Maybe take a time to read that book, to finish that, that project we were doing, you know, to kind of self-introspect, you know? And like I say, it's, I said COVID, but I also drew a positive there that we can draw something out of this time of life. Also, that second virus of racism, you know, that's been here generationally. There's no, there's no question about the power and ne the negative power of that second virus of racism that has, has hit us, uh, like I said, for generations. But I have to give it up to my young folk who kicked, jump-started this whole in-your-street, in-your-face protest of what they have to say. It's another generation, y'all. And I'm so proud of our younger generation. You know, I, sometimes, I, and I always like to say to my generation and older, y'all, we got to keep the gate open, you dig? We got to keep that communication, that, that bridging the gap open, you know? We have to know what's on our, gener our younger generation's heart, what's on their mind. And then they'll be open, you know? I have faith in that, to hear what's on our mind, to hear the wisdom that, of our journeys that we can give to them, because it's going to take all of us, you know, to continue not just this moment, but this movement in time that we are right now. Always, I'd like to give it up to our first responders, our emergency medical response people, our service workers, our doctors, our nurses, you know, our essential workers, our, our fire department, our positive law enforcement. Yeah, there's some positive law enforcement out there. We can't forget that. But all we ask is that our positive enforcement posse put a foot to the tail of the negative ones that are messing it up. You dig? We know the details of what's happening with that. But we as a people, as a society, you know, as a positivity posse, we have to come together and fight for that positive uh, a movement that has begun. Our young artists, you know, I always say, write those songs, y'all. Paint those pictures, do those dances, man. Create those, those clothes that say something about what it is that you want to protest about. 
we know the history of art and our culture. Every time there was a civil rights movement, every time there was something that society wanted to say, somebody made a film about it. Somebody, G Nikki Giovanni and her peers wrote poems about it. You dig? Come on, young artists. I can't wait to see and hear and feel the art that's gonna come from you from this whole experience. Thank y'all. And you know what? Today, y'all, I, 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 I am so, I'm gonna say blessed that I'm able to share uh, this specific gentleman's journey with our Positivity Posse. Uh, and I'm talking about Chris Play Martin. And as you always know, before the, our guests come on screen, uh, here at the, at the Victor Brooks Show Facebook Live Positivity Posse, I'm all about giving it up. Come on, man. I mean, it takes that support of each other, that, that, that shout out to each other's individual journeys, y'all. That, 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 that's what it means. That's what it's all about. And Brother Chris has a way um, in his message. And when you hear his journey, you will hear and, and feel. And because it's video, you'll see that, you know, Brother Chris's whole message is positivity, the ups, the downs of it, the pioneering of it, you know, uh, the testimony of it. And I just want to read this because when I use that word testimony, it's because of my belief. You know, and I always like to keep it real about, you know, and it's not, a, I've gone through my ups and downs, you dig? Life is life, man. Life kicks, kicks us to, 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 to levels that we never would have understood of why we're even where we are, you know? Um, and when, I, when, I, when you hear, I want to read this about our brother Christopher Play Martin, you know? Because I don't want to miss a beat and had touched my soul before I bring him on. A Queens, New York native, Christopher Play Martin is considered a pioneer in the entertainment industry. As half of the iconic and groundbreaking hip hop duo Kid and Play, he has contributed to some of the most defining moments in popular culture. Christopher Play Martin is a celebrated, award-winning, and self-taught documentarian and founder of cutting-edge production company Playground S Solutions with a Z which develops and produces short and full-length multimedia projects. He recently served as a professional in residence at Florida a and University in the Music Industry and Hip Hop Institute. He previously served this role at Miles College, North Carolina Central University, and Healthy Start Academy Charter School. In addition, Schools, churches, community organizations, groups from around the nation have called upon Christopher Play Martin to deliver empowering, insightful, and inspiring keynote addresses and presentations. This includes Duke University, Stanford University, Florida State University, University of North Carolina, University of Illinois. Go ahead, Chris. Christopher is a recipient of the 2007 New York International Film Festival Award for Best Full-Length Feature Documentary for his production work on Welcome to Durham, incredible work. He also received Grammy and Stellar Award nominations for his production contributions to Taking the Gospel to the Streets Volumes 1, 2, and 3, and the successful release of Holy Hip Hop, the movie DVD documentary. In 2006, after a life-changing incident, which left him incapacitated and faced with learning to walk again, Chris 
Play Martin was inspired to create the multimedia news company, Brand News, also with a Z. For Christopher Play Martin, the painful experience was anything but an accident. During his recovery, his time was spent praying, reading, and reflecting. He found himself engulfed in watching biographies, documentaries, and 24-hour news networks. What he saw on the news was disappointing and awakening him to the reality that the stories being told by mainstream media were filled with subjective reporting and misconceptions that served the purpose of dividing and discouraging people instead of unifying and uplifting them right on positivity. He furiously asked, why isn't there a network that focuses and reports on the positive people and events occurring in today's, society, in today's society? His question was then divinely answered with another question why don't you do something about it? <laughs> and as I see these comments going up right now, um, you know, I know I'm not alone. When I say that reading there is a testimony, and with no further ado, I want to welcome my brother, your brother, Christopher Play Martin to the Victor Brooks Show. Chris, are you on camera? Is he there, Wendy? Yes. Hello, 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 hello. Hey, <laughs> hey how you doing? Brother, like I always say, too blessed to be stressed, Chris. Thank I, I, you. I have a question to ask you. Who, who's to whose bio was that you did? <laughs> Brother, you know what? It's in that bio there, as I say, man, is a is a testimony to me and to so many others. Man, your journey, your 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 quest for for, for life and accomplishments and things. When you hear that going back, first let me ask you this, Chris before we get into the nuts and bolts, what's your positivity right now, brother? What's your positivity, man? Um, for fear of answering that the, the wrong way, <laughs> break that question down a little bit for me. Unpack well, that a little know, bit more. Well, right now, it's, and as, as I open the show, Chris, I know that there's no negating what's happening out here in the streets, in the world, through the two viruses, through life itself, the respect and all that we should have for that equality of negative positivity of life. But what's your positivity, man, that has been a hold for you, a, a strength for you in your life or even right now? Well, you know, it's interesting because um, as I was sharing with your producer, co-producer. Yeah, Wendy, Wendy. Wendy. Uh, a little earlier is that this, all that you mentioned in regards to what I do when I'm not on the stage yeah. with my partner in rhyme is technology. You know, I've, um, I'm a self-taught artist and graphically animation, cartoon, all of that stuff and design, clothes design and stuff as well. But um, for me, that was my escapism during times in my life where um, things weren't so good, like in the household or what was going on in New York City at the time in the 70s and things. And then also wanting to be accepted among people that you would admire in the community. Uh, my, idol, my idolization of them weren't the most savory characters in the neighborhood, but I wanted to you know, be like them, be known by them, hang out with them. Didn't have that credibility yet, but was able to draw it. And, mm. like, and through my drawings and my imagination, I was living it vicariously till right. it came to be. So right. fast forward to today, you know, it's not 
just the paper or pencil and pad anymore. It's that too, but now it's technology that's taken it to another level. So in one of my new um, endeavors now, which is called Creativity and the Creative on my IG Live series that I just launched last week, is that in the promo for it, I was stating that now that I'm entering act three of my life, if we were to look at our lives as a stage play, um, the question up until that point with all that I've experienced more than I deserve, I would always think what would have happened if I would have pursued my artistic endeavors or desires. So in act three, I'm going to do that, you know, and uh, the, in answer to your question, the long way, <laughs> the long route, is that I like, I like creativity. That's a, we all have genes from our parents. And one of the genes that I'm glad I inherited, along with many others, from our Heavenly Father is the gene of creation. So I like Come creating on. things. Yeah. Come on, man. No, there's no long answer. That's just your answer, brother. And that, mm -hmm. you know, so you mentioned the phases, one, two, and three. Take us back to the phase of the Chris Martin before Chris Play Martin. You know, where did you grow up, brother? What was life like where you were? What, give me that, that vibe. Sure, East Elmhurst, Queens. East Elmhurst, Corona, Queens, uh, okay. to pretty much be exact. Um, home of LaGuardia Airport, which I could literally walk there from where I lived at. Uh, Shea Stadium, I could li literally walk there from where I lived at. Actually worked at LaGuardia Airport. Uh, okay. East Elmhurst, Queens. Um, mother and father in my life, father was what we would call a uh, urban pharmaceutical engineer <laughs> and a very successful one at that. So with me uh, watching him mm -hmm. and that was the, the era of the black exploitation film. So watching the Superflies across 110th street, cotton comes to Harlem and all of that kind of right. like right. kind of the, kind of the glorification of I that type of life. That. Mm -hmm. And then also seeing people in the streets of my neighborhood who were, had it going on, you know, they were like your, your ghetto stars, so to speak. So mm -hmm. I was very much influenced by them, very much, to the point where I really wanted to be them at all costs. Uh, my father spent some very influential periods of time in my life in prison. So at times where I wasn't able to play, or what couldn't play with my friends on the weekends that kids my age would look forward to the weekends, I had to drive with my father, grandfather, to go take very long drives to go visit him in a penitentiary. So I'm saying all that to say how the stage was set, set kind of set for what, um, what was to happen uh, later and the type of mentality that I had, you know, moving forward in life. Very gotcha. much influenced by that, you know? Right on, man. And, and so, you know, and, and, and knowing that, and what you just shared with us, man, I see a lot of similarities in one of my favorites, which is Class Act. So mm -hmm. when you came, so, and, and before I jump to Class Act, um, you, uh, with the lifestyle that you just mentioned and, and uh, were very honest and real about, how did you coincide or how did you all meet and how did it come together with the encounter of, of, of Kid? You and Kid together. Did you grow up in the same neighborhood or? Well, that happened much later. Kid was a transplant from Bronx from the Bronx, New York. He came to live with his father in Queens when, because his mother had passed. Him and his mother were in a, in a fatal car accident that she died and he, he um, survived. But mm. eventually when it was just time for him to be with a father figure, his father yeah. brought him in. So I met him much later. 
prior to that, you know, I was out there in the streets. Um, my first taste of celebrity in a very unorthodox way was my father robbed a bank and he made the front page of the, uh, the top newspapers in New York, the New York mm -hmm. Daily News and the Post. And it, we initially thought, or my mother initially thought that it was going to bring shame. And it did, you know, bring shame to the house. So I was ready to deal with what was thinking in our neighborhood where, you know, in every neighborhood back then in the seventies, you know, it was talk, it was like a village, rumor, yeah. this, that, and this, what, what's the latest thing that we can talk about and gossip about. So I was ready to curtail to that. But right. I went into one of the favorite candy stores and burger joints yeah. in the neighborhood. This was way before malls. This was when you had the community, the community right. hardware store, the community where well, your parents go, go up to the store and get, well, it was called Lucky's or Cunningham's. Go up okay. to Cunningham's and get my cigarettes, you know, all that kind of stuff and the beauty parlor and your community. So I go to uh, the favorite candy shop and hamburger thing. And my father is naturally bald. You know, he doesn't have any hair. He lost all his hair. He doesn't have any eyelids, eyebrows, nothing. Mm -hmm. So his name in the streets was Skull or Scalp. That was his name. And when I went in the store to go get some, uh, I think I went there with some friends or I was going to get some candy or something. I could hear the people in the store whispering and someone saying, yo, you know who that is? And it's like, no, who's that? That's, that's Little Skull, that's Scalp's son. And they gave me free candy and gotcha. free food. So I'm in my young, under, still undeveloped mind, I'm thinking, okay, you get in the paper, front page, and you get free candy and burgers. <laughs> so I'm yeah. like, okay, right, right. this is a perk, you know? And then again, the movies on the uh, big screen and all, there's not really knowing the word, but it's fame, popularity, admiration, right. you know, mm -hmm. things of that nature. So that's what really kind of like began that seed that was placed in this soil gotcha. for this thing to happen. It kind of maybe I was always being on alert for whatever it took to get attention by any means necessary. Heavy man. So how old were you? Um, give me an age, like right there when you started realizing this, that this, this equating to fame because of, so how old were you then, brother? I am so bad with ages, year and General, year. general. And how many people are in a room? I'm bad with those <laughs> people. Um, I want to say maybe 13. I have to look at that because I do have a copy of that or a, a scan thing of that to see the year. But I want to say maybe I was like an impressionable 12 or 13, some okay. around then. Yeah. And, yeah. and being at that age, like for a lot of us, man, um, 12, 13 years old, like you said, that, that those seeds were being planted, you did? Yeah. And, and then growing into your artistry, was it happening at that time as well? Yeah. Developing as, like, so how, how did those two end up meeting? Like, you know what, wait, I got an artistic thing for this. Well, that was before then, because when okay. I was in uh, younger, there was a group that I wanted to be a part of. They drew all the time. They would draw comic book characters, superheroes, cars, all that stuff. And I wanted to be a part of them. And I was laughed at and rejected, unaccepted. Mm -hmm. And I would go home every day and draw and draw, draw. Because uh, back then, the newspapers would have drawings of their sales at Macy's or Alexander's or any of those department stores, Gimbal's, really telling yeah. my age. All that stuff. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah, so... You know, whatever I could draw, I'm drawing, I'm drawing buildings, I'm drawing trees, I'm drawing uh -huh. everything. 
And what felt like probably at the time forever, but looking back in a very short period of time, I ended up outdrawing those guys. So like I said, throughout all of this, I've already told thus far, there yeah. was always that element of being home drawing, listening to one of the groups that very much was the fuel, my inspiration for how, whatever the science is that's involved in spirituality. I love the music of the late 60s, all of the 70s and all of the 80s, but there was always Earth, Wind and Fire. Gotcha. Always gotcha. Earth, Wind and Fire. That gotcha. was the, the present my parents knew to get me for Christmas, their latest album. <laughs> um, Whatever, 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 and that and something to do with either some kind of drawing set or some kind of drawing or painting kit. Those were the two things. And of course, the bicycle and other kind of, you know, uh, uh, very popular toys. But those were the two essentials for me. Earth, Wind & Fire and some kind of drawing kit, you know? Come on, man. You know what? You just pulled another heartstring for me. And I know for Wendy as well. Her father is Wayne Vaughn, one of Earth, Wind & Fire's uh, songwriters and producers. He wrote Let's wow. Tonight and her wow. mom, Vonda Vaughn of the Emotions, you know, lead singer the Emotions. Yeah. So well, what's my greatest accomplishments in my journey? I wouldn't call those a combo meetings yeah. with becoming friends with Maurice White and getting to beat Earth, Wind & Fire. And how that came about was so, such an Please interesting share story. That. Share that. All right. Yeah. So our, our, our kid and I, um, our publicist was Terry Williams. That's, okay. that's, that is still, but the woman to have. Eddie you. Murphy, you name yes, it. So one day we had to do media day in her office in LA. And there was some mix up in regards to the scheduling in her office. It was like double booked or something. And um, she had to figure out where we can go to be all day to be able to do all these back to back to back radio and, and print right. interviews. So she said, hold on, let me check on something. So she left the office, came back. She said, fine, no problem. My next door, um, people here in the building said we can use their office. So I go in there and the, uh, the interviews start. So as you're on a phone, you know, your eyes wander and you just look, finally I'm paying attention, you know, after maybe an hour or so being in there uh, for a long day. And I just start paying attention to my surroundings. So I'm seeing, I'm seeing awards, I'm seeing Grammys, I'm seeing pictures with celebrities, but the main celebrity that's in every one is Maurice White or Philip <laughs> Bailey or Verdine White. So I go to Terry, I said, whose office am I in? She goes, Maurice White, Earth Wind and I'm like, I lose it. Like, gotcha. a, like a teenage junior high school girl. I lose it. She's friends with them. She says, oh, I didn't know you. I said, are you kidding? Kid is like, are you kidding? That's his whatever. And we ended up doing, I think we did Ain't Gonna Hurt Nobody. I think it was that music video wow. in LA. And he came. He came. Oh, his son, I think he brought his wife. That's and right. all of that. And then they wanted us to be on one of their singles, to rap on one of their singles. But our record company turned it down because they felt we would lose our hip-hop street credibility to do oh, a record with Earth, Wind & Fire. But wow. yeah, that was amazing. That wow, was amazing. Man, amazing. I know that had to be amazing. I feel, I feel your sentiment, yeah. brother. And you know what? You, you brought up a good, a, a good point here, man. It, you know, you, you, you mentioned the, the, the phrase hip-hop, right? Right. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, you were living... Please call me Christopher from now on. That's like a... Christopher, my fault, brother. <laughs> yeah, that's like, it's not your fault. It's, you didn't know. Like 
it's, it's like it's like that scratch thing going down a chalkboard and stuff like that. I'm sorry, but thank you. brother. Much respect, much respect. But you know, you brought that in as a uh, uh, the, the 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 label, which I call of hip hop. That I, in my opinion, I think that over time the the label his hip hop has been confused or misconstrued or misunderstood in a lot of ways. And the fact that we have you here to uh, kind of set that record straight, but in your personal journey, it seems to me, or it's evident to me, and yeah, I'm okay, 55, my generation and older, you were living yeah. hip hop before the label hip hop hit the, hit the streets or whatever, right? Is that yeah. the correct way to say I it? I appreciate that for you to pull that out because where I was at with Florida A&M University with Miles College and with North Carolina Central University teaching the hip history of, of hip hop is when I speak and I lecture, I okay. always usually say up to a certain point, what would eventually be called hip hop? Because prior to that, it didn't have that title. And I get why I had to be because when it got, uh, when it ascended to a certain level of popularity, it had to be called something. Um, so, you know, before that, it was like, who's jamming in the park? Are they jamming in the park? Who's on the mic? It was just broken down to its simplest things. The culture is hip hop. Rap is the music of hip hop. Come on, You have the different essentials, the B-boy, the DJ, the rapper, and the, uh, the tagger or graffiti artist, or whatever the case may be. And some would want to add a fifth element, which would be the beatbox, human beatbox. So... Yeah, prior to that, it's interesting because a uh, good friend, uh, we always have these deep conversations, Ralph Tresvent of oh, uh, Audition. Right. We were talking about, we always, me and a couple of <laughs> others, we get into these deep conversations. And he was breaking down his thoughts and what he, I think was told to him, what hip hop meant back in the 60s, 50s, among African-Americans and probably Hispanics, people of color, you know, the term was, are you hip to this? You could hear it in that music back then in the days. You know, okay. what is hip? What is hip? You know, all that stuff like that. And a hip meant to know. Are you hip to this? Are you knowledgeable of this? Hop meant action, to move on, to move on. Hip, the knowledge of taking the hop and putting what you know into action. Wow. And I thought that was a real deep wow. philosophy and, and breakdown. Okay. And some people would say, not knowing, just yeah. take doo-wop, bebop, all right, we'll call this hip-hop, you know? And I get that too. But uh, when Ralph mentioned that to me, that never left me when he broke that down in regards to giving it some credence, giving it some meaning, giving it some, you know, some, some, some meat, you know? Yes, yes. Because you know what, and, and brother, conversations, and like you just mentioned, Hip hop and I've and I've and I have to be honest. There was a, a a period where I was guilty of it myself, and so many others where hip hop was always or mo oft times equated to rap. Mm. Educate us on the difference of the of hip hop and rap. Well, like What's, I said, hip hop is the culture. The culture. Rap, right. is the, rap is one of the music forms in the yeah. culture. It's yeah. hip hop culture. Hip hop is the clothes. Hip hop is the attitude, the spirit all of that rap music is the music in the culture gotcha. so you could say hip-hop music but it's almost like you saying like um california music but yeah, you got all yeah. these different things gotcha. in it. and in gotcha. particular it's a particular beach boys whatever the case right. may be 
you know, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But within that journey, the the pre now, did you and and uh, and and kid, uh, did you connect? How did that connect happen? When did that happen in your life? We had a mutual friend in the neighborhood. I used to, uh, by the name of Jerome Doss. We okay. call him Rome for short, or, and then we accentuated it by calling, it, calling him Romeo. Okay. Uh, my name, Play, is short for Playboy. Gotcha. Our, our later producer, who was uh, equal as a rapper in this group, which was Romeo, Playboy, and Herbie the Love Bug. Okay. So what our signature or our concept or theme was, we are these legendary lovers that will treat ladies like no other. And our DJ was DJ Quicksilver, who was incredible. Um, so uh, Kid and I, when Kid came and, and from the Bronx to come live in a new neighborhood, new people, all of that, um, he was very, his father was very strict. He had to be in by a certain time and it was, he's a Jamaican father, it's about those books. It's about education, education, education. Kid went to the Bronx High School of Science. Okay. And then was accepted to Lehman College. Uh, Bronx High School of Science is like no joke. So okay. um, when he came and I would hang out on my corners, spots, I would notice him from afar because who's this new guy? Very bright skin, big afro, very mm -hmm. thick glasses. But <laughs> his, his, his gear game was tight. You know, he would okay. have on the latest sneakers, um, right. you know, jeans back then when we ironed them, pressed to the nine. And, yeah, he used to work in um, A&P, or it was Key Food at the time, the local supermarket in our neighborhood, in walking distance to everybody. He worked in the meat department, I believe. So he had to wear one of those meat coats. Oh, yeah. White coats, the the little, white like, coat. doctor coats. Right. But he wouldn't take his <laughs> off. I remember times he'd have it on, but it would be pressed. It'd be fresh white <laughs> to match with the sneakers, the whole nine. But anyway, he played basketball. <laughs> and so did my friend Rome play basketball. Right, so right. Ken and I pretty much had a shift with this our friend, mutual friend Rome, where right. Kid would be in the park when he could playing basketball with Rome all day. Yeah. Um, me, not into sports at all, into that nightlife where the girls at, yada, yada. So was Rome. So when the sun was going down and it was time uh -huh. for the ball to end, I pretty much, it was my shift with Rome and it was okay. time for me and him to hang out. So I would gotcha. just see Kid in crossing and that's all the ever would be of it and kind of wanted to just put him in the nerd category you I know so uh one day at the uh famous in that neighborhood uh we know of the uh the navy man uh dory miller that he lived in at one time in that area they had a building dedicated in his name by the way east elmhurst from which i'm from yeah. is the same place where uh malcolm x lived and where his home was bombed uh, Louis Armstrong mm -hmm. lived there, Ellis Fitzgerald, mm -hmm. Eric Holder, um, mm -hmm. Eric B and Rakim, not Rakim, but Eric B, uh, Kwame. I mean, I'm leaving out others. Just all but, right there, right, gotcha. Mm -hmm. So it was a lot of, it was very rich with, right. with talent in one way or the other. So uh, Dory Miller, there was a party there in the basement. You could rent it out every once in a while. And um, Kid and I, I mean, Herbie, I mean, not Herbie, Rome and I come with our crew, life of the party, making a grand late entrance. And, uh, <laughs> you know, everybody doing their thing, time for the cypher, break dancing, the thing, and then it, it gets to the point where rappers begin. We weren't doing the party, it was somebody else doing yeah. it. And all yeah. of a sudden, I'm hearing this voice that's just very identifiable, just very stand out, rhymes are tight, 
whatever, whatever, whatever. So I'm like eventually kind of casually, but slickly and coolly making my way to get my eye on who this person is rapping yeah. every once in a while. And lo yeah. and behold, it was him. I'm like, okay. wow. <laughs> so that was my first laid eyes on and hearing right. meeting with him. And as time went on, he belonged to a crew that was uh, the Turnout Brothers, because his full name is the Kid Cool Out. Call him Kid for short, like you call me Play for short. And um, as life kicked in, and parents ain't trying to hear about this shibbity hoo bop bebop bebop thing you guys are doing, it's time for everybody to get jobs or go to school. We, you know, you, you, you ain't got to go home, but you got to get out of here. Type yeah. And uh, and then people are beginning to have babies, so mm -hmm. now people are growing up. Life is kicking in, and uh, when the dust settled, kid and I were the two people left standing still able to get away and do some things that I got kicked out of five high schools. So I didn't finish okay. school. I was in the streets. I was literally, by, by the world standards, I have no business being on this interview with you right now, if the world had anything to do with it. So, um, you know, kid and I, that's what, that's how he and I came together, you know, uh -huh. still having a love and a passion at that time, we're becoming friends and uh, had some jobs together and, tight and you know the thing with me with kid mm -hmm. it got to a point where I wanted to better myself and I wanted to learn what I should have learned in school so in a very unorthodox way um, I wanted to take advantage of his knowledge because one of the things that would freak me out about him is that when we did when I was able to you know corrupt him and get him to <laughs> school or whatever um, we would end he would like to show jeopardy and he would okay. watch it. And wow. what would bug me out was 99.99% .99 of the time he would get the answers right. And I'd okay. be like, who the heck is this I'm hanging out with? Yeah. So it just came to a point where deliberately and consciously I would pay attention to his words, his wording, all of that. And then it got to a point in one of those moments that could be in a television uh, a movie uh, <laughs> that will be again. Yep. Um, that I asked him, I said, listen, man, you know, I, I want to better myself, you know, I want to know some words, learn some words. So if there's a word you say that I don't know, I'm not going to pretend anymore that I know what you're saying. Is it okay if yeah. I interrupt you and right ask on. you what that word means? Right on. So right on. We, we had that as well. And I also invited him along with a couple other friends that were, you know, um, did do their thing in school the way they were supposed to. That yeah. any time, and this wasn't easy to do, but I did it. <laughs> I was very vulnerable, keeping it very, becoming very transparent. If I say a word incorrectly, please correct me. That was something I asked of him and a couple other friends, wow. right you know, on, teach man. me how to talk. So, yeah. Right on, man. Chris, man, come on. You should, I, I know you'll see it later, but the, 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 your, your, as you use the word transparency, the people here are positively posse, man. I mean, there's hand claps, there's yes, lords. You know, if that's the whole thing. It's about that. You know, because I remember, if I'm correct, uh, Brother Christopher, that you made a quote that said hip-hop saved your life in a, in a lot of ways. God, God used hip-hop to save God life. used hip-hop. I'm God sorry. That, is that pretty much what you're talking about now? Is that leading into? Could you break that down for us? Well, I mean, yeah, and that's literally what happened. I mean, you know, what? here's a question to you and to others. What, yes. won't, God, what won't God use to save somebody? Come on. You know, and I think people get really hung up on that. It's like, think of one thing he will not use to yes. save somebody. Whew. So anyway, rhetorical question. Come so, on, oh, I'm me, 
there's a word I'm retorting right now. (laughs) But for me, you know, when it got to a point, like I said, kicked out of five high schools, there were some incidents that took place where either my life should have been taken or Uh put in prison and maybe my life would have been taken there or I would have done something to somebody in those places that would have extended my stay and just turned my whole life around. So when hip hop came, I did it, and this is another thing we can throw in there, is what, God, what yeah. man means for bad, God turns into good. So my whole thing, when people you know, compliment me on my abilities in movies and you know, yeah. think I'm gonna say that I studied acting or I've always wanted, I was always a thespian of the theater, it's right. not true. My motivation was Cindy, uh, Dolores, <laughs> um, Marilyn, Tonka, Cheryl, and what's and what's in their pants, you know, just keeping it 100. That was like my motivation. So um, following that, like a dangling carrot before me, you know, God used, you're not realizing, like I, I never took any pride in it, never broke, I mean, stressed out and trying to create the perfect rhyme to outdo another, whatever yeah. was just gonna keep me yeah. on, the, on the radar. On the radar. You know, all I wanted, and this thing was just to get back then what was called was a 12 inch single. That's all I wanted. I just wanted a 12 inch single. Give me that and I'm gonna rule the world with my pathetic, stupid mind. <laughs> so, um, you know, God uh, allowed or it's perfect will for my cup to run it over because never in my wildest dreams. And I'm still dealing with it today, believe it or not. I was uh, uh, surfing through the channels the other day in this yeah. pandemic thing because we're getting it hit hard here in Florida as okay. I'm uh, channel surfing and it's like BET's got, you know, all three of the house party movies back to yeah, back. That's right. I, that's I can't watch myself, but at the same time, really? I still, my heart is in wonder in regards to what has been achieved, but never in my wildest <laughs> dreams that I thought we would do music videos, have award-winning albums, yeah. um, have a Marvel comic book series, have that's an true. NBC cartoon series, have movies, multiple music videos, travel the world, become yeah. friends with That's who true. we had friends, who have friends with, eat dinner with on the regular. It's so funny. Right. <laughs> Some of you who really know your music history, uh-huh. uh, I'm in partnership. And if I can, I'll show you something I'm working Please. on with, uh, with Kenny Gamble of Gamble and Huff. Oh. Yeah. But to call him my friend and partner, but another friend and partner kid and I have is Suzanne DePass. Wow. And of course my error is the Jackson 5 Absolutely. and all that comes out of Motown and the sounds of Philadelphia, whatever. So we do things with her. We do work with her. And, and she's helping me on this project I'll, I'll show you a clip of. Yes. And one day, I love having these out-of-body experiences where the Lord, his spirit, his breath, the comforter, taps mm-hmm. me on the shoulder for me to just not get too prideful, but to just be able to, ignite, to, to be in the moment or something. Gotcha. And we're having lunch. And she goes where she was sitting at, and I'm sitting next to her with this long table. I was getting to eat. She says, "Play, pass me a menu." And I'm like, "Yo, <laughs> Suzanne, to pass, <laughs> just ask me, play, to pass her a menu." It's like because you could take that kind of stuff for granted, you know what I'm saying? And it's like. I, and I couldn't be, I couldn't hold it in. I told her, I said, yo, Susan, you just whatever. And she said, shut up, play, pass me the baby. <laughs> so it's like, and I, you know, even with like Big Daddy Kane, it's like times yeah. where I'll be sitting talking to him and others. Yes. And I have these out of body experiences like, yo, you are sitting here kicking it 
with Big right. Daddy Kane. Daddy and Kane. I'll tell Kane that he shut up, play. Come on, man. <laughs> and it's like, so it's just amazing, you know, to be able to um to 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 know this and, and to be so humbled by the journey, but yeah. still be accountable for what it's supposed to be. Because when I speak to people about mm -hmm. getting kicked out of five five high schools, especially students. It's, I don't, I'm not trying to glorify it. I don't want to ever leave them in my presentation, in my speaking with, wow, if Play didn't go to school and look at all he accomplished, why am I going to school? But no, there's a, there's a flip side to that coin exactly. where I um, wanted to commit suicide. You know, after uh, achieving everything a man would want to achieve from... Um, all of that that I just mentioned, and then some that we achieved, uh, being at Michael Jordan's home, eating with him, hanging out with him, being with him when they won the first NBA thing, um, meeting a Michael Jordan. And you know, I, I just went through something. I don't want to get us into a name no, drop. No, no, I got you, brother. Go ahead. But the thing is, is that, you know, it got to a point where I was, I felt the more I was getting, the more emptier I'd become, because I had that beautiful home, cars, uh, married to one of the most desired women at the time that could be Shari Headley, known from coming to America and um, being on uh, ABC's All My Children, mm -hmm. having a child. I had a child before that. So everything a man would think that he would want and not being fulfilled, it was like the twilight zone. And then when all of those things, I believe there was a conversation that took place in the holy place amongst God and Trinity. It's like, yo, you know, give this man everything he thinks he wants so that when he sees what those consequences will be and mm. doesn't have to worry about, like, I can't be curious about anything anymore. When I look at certain cars, certain things, all the things that draw you in, been there, done that, you know, yeah. but mature about it. So yes. give him everything he thinks that he wants so that when those things fail him, and it's time for me to introduce myself to him intimately that he will he will he will know so for me when all those things were futile futile i always wrestle with that word mm -hmm. um, is that you know i remembered having a praying grandmother but what's even equally if not more impactful is a praying father because even with yeah. what i shared with you with my father yeah. mm -hmm. he had become a minister Right it's on. been well over probably closer to 40 years now that mm -hmm. he has been a minister. So to what see him is. admit that he was wrong, turn his life around, for him to go back to school, get the Come degrees on. and stuff he got, and guess where he ended up doing most of his ministry? He just recently retired. Uh, where? where he ended up doing most of his ministry. Prison, prison ministry. Right on, brother. Right on. Full circle. Yes. So, you know, for me... Um, it's just that um, seeing and experiencing all of that because it got to the point I left at one point where no, all ahead. of that stuff had, had was letting me down, was failing me. I was miserable with the stores and stuff that I owned and had. Um, Kid and Play wasn't doing it for me anymore. I realized I made a mistake for the wrong reasons, getting married, thinking, putting a woman in a place to fulfill something only God could fulfill first. Yes. That was a mistake. And mm -hmm other things alike. And I'm thinking the answer is end it. So I'm trying to work up the courage to pull the trigger to a 38 snub nose revolver, one of three that I had that I used to use to stick people up with, trying to work up the courage to pull the trigger to end my life until uh, God convinced me in a very divine way 
I gave you your chance with your career. Would you just hold up on the trigger and just allow me to be your manager, your accountant, your agent, and your lawyer for a minute? Just trust me. And I'm back now more at peace and success within, but even on the outer thing, the, the stuff that's been going on with Kid and I, and even with myself alone solo, has been amazing. So, you know. Come on, Chris. Brother, you know, I'm a big cat physically, 55 years old, but when I, my soul gets touched, man, uh, yeah, I ain't, I ain't scared. I ain't too proud to shed a tear. And you just touched my soul, man. And I know so many others here because that transparency that you talked about before, Chris, is a blessing. Mm -hmm. A blessing to so many. And I'm looking on here now, I have... Uh, there's a sister named Y-Ann Vaughn. She has a program called Raise It Up Y, capital W, capital Y, Ooh. where she is through the Pasadena City College, brother, and a lot of her students are on here right now, and they're giving love and to, to specifically what you just went through, what you just gave us through of your journey, what you went through just then. And that relevancy now we're talking about students that I know you're, you're very familiar with the, the college age group because that's what you've made some of your dedication to sharing the knowledge, sharing. And I know education is a really important thing for you. Uh, the sharing of education, the need for it. So all of the students at, uh, with, uh, with, with YN Vaughn, Raise It Up Y, thank you all for joining us today and, and giving your input, even though it's through the comments, I feel you. And I thank you for being here. Um, all right, let me, let me ask you this, man. Um, I, we all know that, okay, I remember that you, uh, the kid and play, I'm sorry, I'm coming back from my emotional <laughs> thing here that you touched me with. Mm. Um, with the, 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 the vibe of kid and play, you also toured with NWA and, 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 and Public Enemy, am I correct? That that joined together, correct? Over a period of your career. We did many tours. <laughs> tours with uh, Public Enemy. It was so interesting, talk about favor. Chuck yeah. would not do a tour when they were really on a roll without uh -huh. Kid and Play being on the ticket. I, I don't want to put it like he wouldn't do it, but okay. that was one of his big requests was making sure we were on the tour. Because it was fun. We had a lot of yeah. fun. And just it seemed like right when we get through coming off many months or whatever one, it was time to gear up and get ready for the next one. Uh, I remember being in L.A. because L.A. almost like became our second home. Okay. You know, uh, and we were, I was very getting very familiar with the streets. Streets were maybe getting very familiar with me. <laughs> but I heard this, um, you know, underground, I guess it was at the time, tape of this group called N.W.A. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> I, I, I can curse with the best of them. But yeah. like, wow, you know. So then some time went by, didn't hear much about him then, unless you were on the West Coast. And then we were finished with one particular tour and um, was approached to, um, to do another tour already. And I'm just, we just finished a, a, you know, a show that night. I'm going up to my room, freshening up, shower, change, come down, ready to get with the honeys. I had a taste for virgin pina colada. And because I'm not much of a drinker, I can't tolerate yeah. hard liquor or anything like that. Corona is the best I can do I on a good, you. on a, every six months, maybe. <laughs> um, but what ended up happening was when I came down, I came down a little late, I guess, unknowingly, went to the bar 
And the guy, the bartender was cleaning up, you know, it was obvious by what he was, you know, with his rag and all. And evidently he wasn't in the best of mood. So I'm like, yo, can I get a virgin polina, virgin pina colada? Bars closed, bars closed. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, maybe he didn't see me because I'm not big on showing off my celebrity, but maybe gotcha. if I get under a better light and he looks at me, <laughs> maybe he'll change his mind. Well, I did that accordingly, and it may, evidently it made him, made it worse. You know, he didn't care who I was. He's like, I told you to shut down. Nobody's getting nothing. Forget it. So as I leave, disappointed with the drink, I'll live. Uh, one of the big promoters, a guy by the name of Daryl Brooks with G Street Productions, comes and gives me the lineup for the next tour they want to do. He says, NWA. I'm like, oh, no, no, no way. <laughs> No, you know, no, no shade, no hate or rain. But like, no, I mean, they're, they're much. But so I don't want to be, and he won't leave me alone. He's trying to talk me into it. Gift of gab, the whole nine. Uh, real recognizes real. So I said, you know what? I don't want to be totally uncooperative. Right. Let me give him something to do that I know that he can't do. And at least I'll come off like I was being fair. I said, you know what? Because after a while, it's getting annoying. If yeah. you could give me a pina colada, a virgin pina colada, we can talk. You got a deal. Wow. So you serious? Because he didn't know I knew what I knew over at that bar. I so said, Are you serious? I said, yeah, I'm serious. Just if you give me a virgin pina colada, all right. So he leaves. Uh-huh. I get engaged with some conversation with a girl, I'm sure, whatever. This guy doesn't come back with one virgin pina colada. He comes back with two and a half virgin pina colada. <laughs> so the deal is done. So what ended up happening was what really what that was all about was why it was so important for Kid and Play or someone like us to be on the tour was come to find out the insurance companies weren't willing to do the tour, those buildings, with two radical groups like NWA and Public Enemy together. Mm -hmm. They needed someone in there that would provide some balance, you know what I'm saying, some fun, or as Bernie Mac would say, some happy rap rap. and all of that. (laughs) So we played unintentionally a very important part in regards to another defining moment in, in hip hop uh, culture and the yeah. history of it, along with some other uh, situations too. But yeah, that, that was a big one. That was huge. And it was so interesting because it wasn't like what we thought it was going to be. We ended up okay. being great friends. I ended up getting in a very serious relationship with a, um, you know, one of their dancers, you know, okay. ended okay. up living together in the whole nine and none of them was who you thought right off the bat, you would have thought they were loose women or some groupies, nothing like that. Matter of fact, <laughs> in order for her to come with me and for her, us to get in a serious thing, yeah. uh, Easy E had to give us his blessing. That's how much she, you know, okay. admired and respected him as that father figure in that group. So he yeah. was like, yeah, I guess he's all right, but we were already playing around <laughs> and having fun on the road anyway. All of them guys, really nice, and we're still friends to this day. You know what? I will never look at another pina colada the same way. Never. (laughs) Never taste. I don't even think I had any more after that. But you know what? That that brings me to another another thing, Chris, that the diversity of your era, of of what you just described, the diversity of rap, of the stylings of each different. I can remember turning on the radio and you and I knew and it's no diss to any of the the modern rappers, right? I I always try to say, I always make it clear that artist to artist, me being one, I will never crap on another artist's form of expression. If I don't dig it, I just don't dig it. But that doesn't mean I crap on what they do if it doesn't feed my soul. But I remember 
being able to, when they were going to turn on the radio during, I knew a Kwame because it had its vibe. I knew Kid and Play, it had its vibe. Mm. I knew, you know, uh, 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 everybody. You mentioned right. uh, so many others. The diversity of that, and you saying now that Kid and Play joined an NWA and Public Enemy, uh, before, you know, I, I can't close it out with getting your education and your feeling too, brother, on, I know Nas had a thing of hip hop is dead. And what I took it from that was that he wasn't saying hip hop is dead in the sense of dead, but maybe the commercialization, the machines that are kicking out what's happening here. I know that's a question that some of the students from, from Pasadena College and some of the others would like a clarification of what's your vibe on that? Give me the question again, the short The question form. of the overall, the, the, the number one okay. diversity of sound of hip hop in its state now. To me, a lot of it is, is, is repetitious in a lot of ways. But then also piggybacking on what Nas added in of his feeling of the state of hip hop. Well, the question comes to my mind is what came first, the chicken or the egg? <laughs> right. Um, when you're talking about music of any, uh, of any genre or type, it's like, what is it a reflection of? Yeah. You know, um, in regards to back then, yes, you had diversity. You know, you'd hear Heavy D on the radio and after Heavy D, uh, Arrested Development. After Arrested Development, maybe some salt and pepper, things of that nature. I think there's some good argument in regards to the, uh, the repetitiveness with the music today, because I'm gonna be honest too, I continue to be honest too. I can't sometimes, I can't tell when one artist end and the other one began. It, it's hard when I when I do listen to it, but right. it's somebody's liking it, and a lot yeah. of people are liking it. But what does that say again? With what came first, the chicken or the egg? Is this the fault of the musician, or the recording artist, or is this a, re a reflection of society mm -hmm. in regards to what's going on in a person's life? Because a hit record is always based on relatability. I Come can on. relate to that chorus. I can relate to that subject matter yeah. in the verse or in the the lyric, you know what I'm saying? That just happened to me yesterday. I know something about that. So if what these our, our fellow rappers are doing and it's hitting a chord with someone, now, yeah, you can kind of look at the artist that's bringing it to the light, but it's like, what is it about it now that millions of people have gravitated it to? Now, yes, yeah, some could be gravitating to it because like what hip hop did in the beginning, born out of the the desperation and the economic decline that was happening in New York City at the time when uh, President Ford didn't want to assist New York with financial aid and we were losing the, the after school programs and the arts mm. and schools and stuff. What ended up happening is, you know, uh, music ended up calming the savage beast, but the raps at the time was talking about what will happen if and when I ever get some money. I'm going to drive this type of car. I'm going to be with this type of lady or this type of guy or whatever the case may be. So now you're like, you know, living, you know, this person's hitting yeah. something that your, your dreams and your expectations, hopefully in life one day. Now, fast forward to today, um, it's kind of interesting. It's like, where are we at? And instead of maybe looking at the rapper, which is nothing really wrong doing it, you just don't want to take it to an extreme, like what's going on where that rapper comes from, where he lives mm -hmm. at, you know what I'm saying? Some people used to call, especially with Public Enemy, them being the CNN of the streets. I, mm -hmm. I, I don't know where we're at in the thing. I did want to show you some things that I'm oh, no, working on right good. now, but we're whatever's good, cool. We're no, good. I thought you. I heard you said before we close out, and I was like, uh-oh. Yeah, no, 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 I just, because yeah. you know, that's evident, brother, that. Mm -hmm. 
when it comes to Christopher's story, man, there is no way to, in, to include a one-hour <laughs> conversation because we and haven't I, even, with, you know, which, and with, I never would bring, we haven't even touched on being, in my opinion, one of the first rappers to, 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 to be a fashion uh, gate opener. You dig in your whole fashion thing. Well, before we move on to thing. that, before we move on to that, I wanted, because it's something you said to trigger the question that I have, and I'd be honest if I didn't ask. No. The music to your, to the opening of your show or to your promo? Yes. That? What, what music is that? That music is so dope. Oh, man. That instrumental. That's it. That means a lot, brother. That's actually a, uh, that's one of my original pieces. It's from my album, the Victor Brooks uh, or Victor Brooks Samba Soul. You got to send, you got to email that, that, uh, you got to send that to me. You got to send me that, <laughs> Thank you that so file. Much. No, Thank I love you. that. It's real, real cool. It's real cool. Thank but I'm you, sorry, man. your next Thank question. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that mind blow right there, brother. But you know what? I, you know, like I said, being one of the first, um, uh, because like you said, just to piggyback before we go into the fashion, um, you know, much respect, and I just want to say it here because I know we have some of their people watching as well. Some of my favorites, like people who know me know, I'm big DJ Quick fan, I'm a big J. Cole mm. fan, D big, you know, Kendrick Lamar fan. Uh, these people speak to me, these artists speak right. to me. And, um, you know, so much respect for, for, and I'm seeing a lot of the students are giving high fives for your, for your, for your, for your talk on there. But let me know, how did the whole fashion, because was it I, was it Foreplay, is, was your fashion company, correct? Yeah, uh, you know, like I said, throughout all of the journey, I never strayed too far away from drawing. And one of the things Herbie recognized about me, me and him was always very creative. We were gonna do something all the time out of the box, no matter how out of the box it may be on a, on a community level. And people took notice to that. But as he began to develop as a very successful and pretty much once it started off uh, producing as we know it today, um, being a super producer, you know, he was getting better and better being a producer and, and in that. And when he came to get me one day after getting a big check, <laughs> and, uh, securing a deal for who would be called Salt and Pepper, he's like, yo, basically, we, we didn't say the title because maybe we didn't know it at that time, but basically he had brought me on board to be a creative director. So um, to, uh, you know how much I like cameras, how I'd attempted to go to the High School of Art and Design, how much I drew by hand. So now we wanted logos to be done. We wanted pictures to be taken. We wanted a style to be developed. Um, kind of, you know, doing some editing right now. One of the big names, the only big name for getting your gear in New York City was Dapper Dan. You gotcha. know, that was when you had something from him, it was, a, it was a status thing, you know what I'm saying? So we were curious about that and wanted to be a part of that. But, um, I'm trying to think, yeah, the logo had to be done first. So he got me to come up with the logo. So yeah. that logo that you know salt and pepper for. Yeah. Oh, uh, wow. You know, with his, with his approval and the girl's approval. But yes, if you look at the very first time, the very first album where that logo was introduced, much to my surprise, because I thought when I handed the design over to the record company, I thought they were going to redo it. I didn't know they were just going to scan it and just put it right on the thing. So if you look at the bottom, you'll see play at the bottom that I thought they would have oh. removed it. Um, okay. <laughs> so they kept that. 
So now it's time, you know, the girls are doing their thing, got some money, you know, got to get in the bag and all of that and go to, to Dapper Dan. And much to his surprise, he was like, who drew this? And I'm like, I did. He said, you drew this? And he was really impressed. And we have become literally friends ever since. And one of the things he allowed me to do, I guess seeing the originality, because I, I, looking back on it, I didn't realize that very famous jacket is probably the only jacket that people associate with Dapper Dan putting it together that doesn't have Fendi or Gucci and all of that stuff on it. It's all unique. So. Yeah. We uh, ended up putting that together. He allowed me to pretty much live. Anybody that knew Dap back then, he wasn't great for being on time with your stuff. And Herman <laughs> and I figured out the trick is you'd have to be up under him just for him to be annoying. And thank God I wasn't. But he allowed me to pretty much live there for like a day and a half or something like that to just be in the back of the assembly line and he wouldn't let other people go into. And um, we got the jacket done and that big, uh, that big banner Yes, whatever you want to call it, and the pushing right. the that you see with That's that logo, right. that was done by hand in my apartment at the time. So <laughs> I had to rush out on a flight, get those jackets to the girls, get that yeah. banner or that big canvas thing up behind them, and all of that. The two hype uh, 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 velour and leather sweatshirts Kid and I wore in the Getting Funky video. Yes, lines. I've done stuff for Michael Jordan, for Heavy D, Come on, for, uh, for quite a few people. Yeah, quite a few. Yeah. Oh, man. You know what? See, thanks for sharing that, man. And we, we're going to talk about, because I want to get into the brand news, but I got to make a confession <laughs> that just sure. yesterday, my wife and I tried to do the kid and play step, and it almost became dangerous. Oh, but I'm sorry. <laughs> Got to do it. You got to do it either on a mattress on the floor or do it in a pool. Now, we'll do it in a pool with cold water. <laughs> yeah. That's no, no. You give me the breakdown of, of that. Is that something that just happened? Was that intentional? What was oh, that? That was out of, that was out of uh, desperation when it was time for Kid and I to start performing and really touring. Okay. Then yeah. We didn't, we, we, we were getting on the radar, but not enough to get the kind of money we felt we needed to have our dancers and stuff with us. So in the early days, when we, the first tour we did was the Slammin' 88 tour. We pretty much was the opening act for the dual headliners, which was Keith Sweat and Salt and Pepper. And um, yeah, so they weren't giving us the money for dancers to come along. So we knew that because of our popularity and the music videos and stuff that was out, we couldn't come up there and just rap. We had to dance. So right. we knew we had to come up with dances uh, to incorporate in our show to be able to, and with the help of other dancers that we that danced with us in our music videos and stuff, but in particular, a young lady by the name of Hi-Hat, who just happens to be, for the longest, to have been uh, Missy Elliott's choreographer for a very long time. But yeah, uh, Hi-Hat. And see there, I, I brought that in because dance, as far as your journey, my brother, is a, you're, and, and I want to segue this into your 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 accomplishments and even future projects for Brand News. Mm -hmm. You have a documentary that you're working on or have finished, or please educate me where you're at, with a lot of so many of the iconic names of dance through the hip-hop journey, man. Yeah, Tell us about it. Yeah, there's actually two projects that I'm in com uh, completing now. One is, uh, like I mentioned, the one with... Um, I think you, you'll like a lot, hopefully, is with uh, Kenny Gamble of Gamble and oh, Huff. Oh, uh, it's called The Architects of Hip Hop. 
And it's where I sit down and have intimate. It's interesting what you said about instead of interviews. I've never believed in interviews. Anything I've done in really? produced, <laughs> it's conversations that I allow the audience to eavesdrop in on. So um, uh, this one is like me. I sit down with considered architects of hip hop and talk about, um, you know, them. And if yeah. I may, I'll show you Please. a little, bit of, show you a little bit of that right now. Thank you, man. Thank you. Yep. Hello, and welcome to the Architects of Hip Hop. The incredible successful resurgence on cable television today, focused on the birth of hip hop in the 70s, 80s, and early 90s, captured the heart and energy of the visionaries that gave us the culture we enjoy today. Join me, Play, of Kid and Play, with today's other well-known artists and students here at Full Sail University as we celebrate, talk about, and talk to the very living legends who inspired us with their early unique visions that gave us our successful careers we have today. This special house party is where today's artists reintroduce to some and introduce to many the true pioneers, icons, and inventors that brought us the elements of hip hop culture from fashion to music. So get comfortable, hang out with me for a little while and meet some architects of hip hop. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Come on now. So yeah, that right there. I'm trying to think of which camera I'm on right now. Confusion after a while. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's that's something that I'm really excited about. It's something that's similar to inside the actor studio, but it's like where we sit down and just speak to all of these architects and just get into their humble beginnings you know, journeys that people didn't know. And, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's a real exciting project that I'm excited about. It's been some oh. years in the making, but, you know, like a fine wine in its time. You there know? you go. I mean, come on, the names you have on there, man, the people, those stories are going to be incredible. Where can we see this? Like, where can we go? Give us that. That's a good question. When we started okay. putting this together, we okay. were operating under what was considered the old normal, you know, I mean, an old, old normal, like the, the major networks and yeah. maybe Netflix at the time was just beginning to do their thing. And I just felt in my spirit that seemed a little crazy and maybe aggravated some people that felt now, 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 I just, I, I couldn't put it into words, but fast forward to where we're at today. And just looking at this whole streaming situation and social yeah. media and stuff. So yeah. anything that you did before selling, you know, your farm to the old way of doing things might have put us in a situation of being, you know, locked into something and with a group of people who just don't get it. So this is a this is a t subject matter that's timeless. I believe mm -hmm. it can be introduced almost at any particular time. So in answer to your question, hopefully soon. But I in regards that. to the other piece you were asking about. Yes, Mike, I'm ready to show you a part of that. Well, you got a clip of that one too. Yeah. Come on. There you go. 
Okay. and really watch the rich history of black entertainment, I realized how much it contributed to my life and its success. One element in particular is the dancer. Now fast forward to today. I'm looking at classic music videos with the faces and moves of dance that made millions in the 80s and 90s want to dress like and move like them. Faces fashions and moves, but they didn't know their names. They didn't know their stories. And for me, LL Cool J would be out one night and they were working on this project. And I believe they were out one night like, yo, you gotta be in my video. I wanna be your chance to be around the way, girl. Never knowing what it took to be a dancer in those videos. <laughs> on stage in front of millions with the top artists of the world. I was performing with Salt and Pepper on stage and it just so happens Janet happened to be at the performances. So I decided to do something about that. Decided it's time to hear stories like these. One of the things I'm the most proudest in terms of artists that I've worked with, obviously, is Michael Jackson. And I was like, people wanted to eat us. People, they didn't know our names, but they knew our faces. There's DVD, Johnny's Dancers, Bobby's Dancers. Just a, it was just, it was such a crazy tour. structured form dancer with routine combination style. Before that, strictly freestyle. How do you put it? Want to get it? Let's go. He was like, you guys, you were so good out here. He was like, I want you to do soul training with me. And I'm like, well, I'm not Bobby That was my inspiration. When I see Shane and Celine with dancing, I was like, oh, I'm going to do this. Back there, and I didn't know. I was like, baby. 
going, and I remember going to Bull Dance Kids. I was just doing some kind of moves. He came, I said, yo, 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 do that shit again. I started doing my little moves, and he was like, I need you to dance with me on tour. I said, yes. I felt it was time to celebrate, give tribute, and acknowledge as many as possible who contributed to so many successful careers. Madonna had to choose between me and my brother, and she picked me. I was the last one picked out of 7,000 dancers. As I begin to embark on this national I Love the 90s tour, I'm going to try my best to find all of these dance masters and legends. <laughs> oh, preserve that history, brother. Preserve that history. Tell them stories. I mean, when I was watching that, man, my mind was going back to a lovely place, you know, really? and the respect of that, 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 that is due and what you're doing to preserve this education, man. Thank you, Christopher. <laughs> well, you know, this is my therapy for me, the same yeah. joy that you're expressing and articulating right now, you know, to be able to do both go down memory lane like that, yeah. and at the same time, fill a void because I don't know if you ever saw the, the award-winning documentary, 20 Feet from Stardom. And that's something Julie should know. And I still got a crush, the, the, got a crush the, the, on her, by the way. But um, yeah, <laughs> but the, the fact oh, that the you know, singers, the iconic yeah. band, yes, yeah. yes, and yeah. I didn't, the idea didn't come from that. But when I had already had the idea to do this, when I saw that, it was confirmation that I was yeah. like, you know, so yeah, right, man, yeah. brother. Thank you, thank you, thank you, man. And I, I have to give it up because I have my Brazilian. Uh, artist community on here as well. Muito obrigado, minha família brasileira. Muito obrigado por seu tempo aqui hoje. Muito obrigado. What you just said, whatever you just said. I told them, I'm saying, my Brazilian family, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for being here with us and that I miss Brazil very much. Um, you know what? I ending this here man i have mixed emotions because i know there's so much more education in your story mm. there's so much more inspiration in your story to give us man and so much life-saving and life-changing transparency to give us as well brother i thank you for your time i thank you for your honesty man i thank you for sharing your journey and thank you for just being you i thank you for your pain i thank you for your ups and downs Thank you, brother. And I, all, you know, I always all, all, all glory to God. Um, all, all glory to God. And, and right through, through the sacrifice of, you know, like I said, my agent, my accountant, my lawyer, my manager, Jesus Christ, and the <laughs> comforter and all of that. And again, I'm not letting you get away. Send me, if anything, at least send me that track, man. I oh, like that. I like that music, man. I but anyway, I want to commend you on the platform you're providing for a lot that don't necessarily get the opportunity to be able to express in such time and in such a way. Normally you're kind of pressed and you know, let's just talk about what you, what, what you have on sale now, what you're selling now, what's your latest product. But there's a lot more behind people and what they're bringing. You know, there's a story behind it. There's a, a spirit behind it. So thank you for 
providing that platform and uh, appreciate uh, Wendy and uh, all of that yeah. good stuff. Yeah. That's right, man. Hey, brother, that means a lot, y'all. That means a lot, so much, man. Mm -hmm. Well, y'all, you feel it in me. You see it in my face. I don't want it to be over. You know, I don't want, but you know what? In a lot of ways, it's not. It's not over because what Christopher Martin gave us today in sharing his life's journey, sharing his heart, literally sharing his heart and soul with us today. Oh, uh, come on, y'all. We shared this moment to continue the movement. Ah, yeah, it's not over. In a lot of ways, it's just beginning. In a lot of ways for us coming off of this segment today, this, this special episode today, yeah, it, it's continuing. It's, 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 it's a continuation of a journey of our lives. Yeah, like we always say, we're not trying to say and trying to be air-headed about it that there's no, you know, that negativity is not a serious thing, that it's not real in our everyday lives. Come on, y'all, life is life. Real is real. Negativity is going to be here, y'all. But positivity has its place as well. And all we're trying to do through our stories, through the people who take their time to come on here and share with us not just with you, but I get fed, you know? Yeah, I get fed. And, and when, I, when, when I enjoy these conversations from these people who share their string of positivity, oh man, come on, y'all. That's priceless, that's priceless. Thank you so much again for your time today. Thank you so much again for your, for your positivity today. And like I always say, y'all, come on back here. Come on back every Saturday and Sunday, one o'clock and three o'clock or one o'clock or three, but we're gonna be here every Saturday and Sunday for you. Just check your promos for the time, either one o'clock or three o'clock. And uh, we start our promotions usually on Wednesday to kind of flood at you what's gonna happen on that weekend. And uh, we got a great one for you next weekend too. I'm gonna kind of save that for the promotion a little bit. But uh, all of my people who took your time, I'm looking at, at Brother Paul Birmingham, uh, another New York native himself, my brother from times past, Keir Thomas in Memphis, Tennessee, Dre Guzman in Brazil. Uh, oh, just everybody. Oh, much respect, Mark Kibble from the, the genius of Mark Kibble of Take Six. Oh my goodness. I mean, my mind is going to, to so many beautiful places of watching this brother and the creations that he's given to the world through his arrangement and artistry, through the, 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 the journals of Take Six and so many other things. Much respect and much love, Mark. Thanks for taking your time, man, for joining on. Um, so many people here. Much love, much respect. Positivity. Take a bath in it. Take a shower in it scuba dive in it. If you want to skinny dip in it, whatever you do, get into that pool of that ocean of positivity, y'all. When you come up out of it, sprinkle that on somebody else, because that's what it's all about. I love you, and I got you. See you next time on The Victor Brooks Show. Thank you.